Good morning, church. Thank you for joining with us today. Welcome to the world of level three. As one politician put it, it's not much different than level four apart from KFC. Um, I still can't get a haircut. I still can't go fishing in my boat. But if you enjoy golf, you can go and play golf. I can't understand that. Golf is far more dangerous than fishing is. I remember when I was a teenager, I went to a camp over at Ponui Island in the Haraki Gulf, and I was playing golf with one of the other campers, and uh, uh, he had his shot, he whacked the ball, and then it was my turn, we were using irons, and uh, I whacked the ball, but he was standing too close to me, and I whacked him right up in the middle of the nose with my backswing, and uh, he was a real mess. He, he had to go to, across to the mainland, go to hospital and have some stitches. And In fact, that boy had a bad camp all around. Uh, there were what they called wild mokes on the island and half donkeys, half horses. And, and we got a few trapped down by the swamp and, and they took a run for it and uh, he grabbed the tail of one of them, uh, dragged him about 50 metres and then gave an almighty kick and got him right in the, uh, in the leg there. I, I think that boy should have stayed at home from that camp. It just didn't work out uh, well for him at all. But really, golf is far more dangerous than fishing. Before I went into lockdown, I went out fishing with uh, Rob Redfern. Uh, those of you who have been around Elam a little while will know Rob. Uh, we call him the face of Elam. Somehow he manages to get his face and all the photos that are taken around the place. And uh, he's an awesome guy, top bloke, uh, uh, Rob. And, uh, but Rob was getting a little bit frustrated because I was catching more fish than him. He's quite competitive, this boy. I could see him looking across at me. And so I said to Rob, I said, look, we should pray that you get the catch of the day. A few moments later, and I pulled in another fish. I could see Rob looking across. I said, Rob, I prayed for myself. You can pray your own prayers. Yeah, life is like that, isn't it? In times of need, uh, so often we're waiting for someone else to do something. We're waiting for someone else to open up the door. We're waiting for someone else to solve the problem. We're waiting for someone else to create the opportunity. We want someone else to be praying to God and, and, and asking God to do something for us. But most of the time, we need to do something ourselves. We need to pick up the phone. We need to make the contact. We need to make the investment. We need to do the study. If we're waiting for perfect conditions, we say, oh, the time is not right, and, and we're waiting for perfect conditions, everything is too uncertain at the moment. You know, the Bible says this, it says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, that if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I like a quote I heard from T.D. Jakes. He said this, he said, your feelings are based on your history, not your destiny. Your feelings are based on your history, not your destiny. You know, we, that's so true, isn't it? We're making decisions based on past rather than making decisions based on the vision we have for the future. We need to reel in the destiny that God has for us, no matter how we feel. We need to reel in the provision we need. We need to reel in the promises that God has spoken over our life. There's a story in the Bible about Jesus and he, and, uh, he uh, had to pay some temple tax and uh, the collectors came and asked the disciples if Jesus would pay this tax and, and uh, it was just an annual tax, it wasn't a lot of money, it was just for the upkeep of the temple and Jesus didn't want to cause any offence by not paying it and, and so he gave instructions to Peter. Find that in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 27, it says this, it says, but so that we may not cause offence, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth and you will find four drachma coin. 
take it and give it to them for my temple tax and yours. Well, I thought if I can't go out fishing, we'll have a sermon on fishing. And when you think about the story here, like it's a pretty amazing story. First of all, like how big is the Sea of Galilee? It is big. There's 53 kilometres of coastline. Last year, we drove around it. We went out on it in a boat and like it's a lot smaller maybe than Lake Taupo, but uh, it's still a big lake. And yet Jesus, he directed Peter to the exact spot along the coastline where the fish would be that had a coin in its mouth. You think, well, how many fish were in the Sea of Galilee? Heaps. And, and yet Peter threw out his line and, and there was one fish that kind of elbowed his way past the other fish. Watch out, blokes. Like, this is my hook. And he made his way to the queue, the one that had the coin in his mouth. And uh, this, is, this is mine. That's what was happening to me when I was fishing with Rob. They sort of bypassed his uh, line and they came and they took mine. But notice something here. Peter, in this miracle, he had to do something to get the money. It didn't just happen. You can't just sit in the pew or sit at home and say, well, if God wants me to do something, he'll make it happen. Nothing in life works like that. You know, we were told to take precautions for the COVID-19 crisis. We had a responsibility to do so. We can't expect the government or someone else to solve everything. You can't just say, oh, we've got to have faith. You know, you've also got a brain. Uh, we need to do something. Life is like this. Stuff doesn't just happen. The amazing gift that God has given to us is a free will so that we can use it. You know, so often, you know, our, our lives, we, we don't use our free will, but we are to take our free will and we're to use it to fulfill the purposes that God has got for our life. We're not just to be left, just to be tossed around, like tossed around on a sea with whatever life throws at us, but we're to build our lives upon a rock, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to just to look at this for a little moment. First point I want to say is reeling in your destiny can be a struggle. Reeling in your destiny can be a struggle. When you reel in a fish, it's like this war between two elements. You know, I'm in my boat and, or on the shore, not, not the shore, just in the boat, and uh, I'm in my element and the fish is in his element and, and both of us are fighting to stay in our element. I'm comfortable in my element. I'm not comfortable in the fish's element. And, and the fish, he's comfortable in his element. He's not comfortable in mine. I can breathe in my element. And, and uh, the fish, uh, I can't breathe in the fish's element. And he can't breathe in mine. And, and so there's the, the reason this is a fight that is going on between us because it doesn't want to make the transition into the next dimension. Life is like that. You know, life is ripe with opportunities, especially in hard times. I can remember when we uh, built the church here at Botany and it was during a recession and interest rates in those days were running up over 20% and people were saying, oh, it's a bad time to be building. And then some of the builders said to us, well, you know, what about overruns? You've got to allow for overruns. You know, you can't just budget. There's going to be, you know, a whole lot of overruns on top of that. I said, what about underruns? You know, it was a great time to build. We found because it was a tough time, you know, contractors, you know, they, they, um, they sharpened their pencil and gave us really good prices and, and the suppliers, they really tightened their margins. And we came in $100,000 under what the quantity surveyor had said it would be. I was listening to Paul Henry interview Michael Hill, Michael Hill Jewelers last week. And uh, Michael's a, a Whangarei boy. Uh, same as Pastor Mike up in Whangarei. Big shout out to our congregation in uh, Whangarei here today. And uh, 
Michael Hill, he was working for his uncle. He was just as a jeweller and, and uh, then he uh, came home one night and his house was on fire. And, and he just stood and watched and all his possessions were just uh, going up in smoke. And, and, and as he was watching everything on fire, a thought came into his head. He thought, I shouldn't have played it so safe. And so he went from there, he left working for his uncle, started his own shop. Now we have Michael Hill Jewelers, an international brand. See, opportunities don't want to make the transition from their world into your world. It's a struggle, but you can reel them in. You know, reach out and pull something into your dimension. You know, whatever you need from God, put it into your dimension. You need healing for your body, pull it into your dimension. You know, you need work opportunities, pull it in, reel it in. You know, you, you, you need finances to prosper, you know, pull it in to your dimension. It may be a struggle. Sometimes, you know, you've got to let a little bit more light out. And as long as the fish is in the water, I'm not confident that I'm going to catch it. You know, maybe maybe my, my hook may, may come up. Maybe the line might be a little bit frayed. Maybe the, the fish might dive and, and, and catch it on a rock you know maybe a bigger fish may come and and take it while I'm winding it in they call a shark the taxman and you're winding in the fish and and the shark comes along and and takes half of it and you you reel it in and you've only got half a fish uh, that he's a taxman. It's like the government do with your wages. And uh, Jesus could have created some money here. He could have said to Peter, here, look, and, and created some money and said, here, you go, you go and pay for this. He said, no, I want to engage you in the process. Go down to the sea, cast out your line. See, when you reel in your destiny uh, and you're reeling it in from another dimension, it's a struggle. It's not comfortable. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. Faith is like you have this dream, you have this destiny, you, you can visualise it, you don't visualise it with your natural eyes and, and you're visualising it with the eyes of the Spirit and, and you're pulling it into your world. It's like you've, you've got it on the end of this rope, on the end of your line and you're bringing in the promises you know, that, you, that you can see in the Spirit, you're bringing them into the present. It's from the invisible future into the present reality. You can't see it, it's like when you're fishing, You've got a fish on the end. You can't see the fish on the end, but you can feel that it's there. You can feel something in your spirit that you're carrying from God and, and you're reeling it into your dimension by faith. See, Jesus said to Peter, go down to the sea and cast out your line. I'm not going to catch a fish by sitting on my deck at home and dangling the fishing line out, out over my deck. I have to go out. I have to make some effort. I have to go down to the sea. James said this in chapter 2, verse 18 to 20. He said, But someone will say, I have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, faith without works is useless. You will not pull your destiny into your present without a struggle. I have to get out of my comfort zone and get out there. See, it may mean that you just have to get away from some negative friends that are always discouraging you, maybe leading you in a wrong way. 
Uh, it may mean that you've got to get around some bigger thinking people, bring them into your life. May need that you need to step out of the comfort of your four walls. It's been great in lockdown, hasn't it? You know, we've just enjoyed being in the comfort of our, our four walls, but you won't bring your dreams to pass just sitting in your four walls. You've got to get out to the ocean. You've got to throw your line out. You may need to reach over into another dimension that you don't even live in and reel it in. In other words, get out of your bubble. Second thing I want to say is that the resources are in the fish's mouth. The Bible usually talks about nets when it comes to fishing. And, you know, why did Peter have a rod? I can't think like Peter had nets for his business, but he had a rod for his recreation. When he wasn't working, he would just get his fishing line. He'd just go down to the sea and throw it out. It was his hobby. It was his relaxation. Fishing is a great relaxation. Marilyn doesn't enjoy fishing unless you're catching fish. She doesn't have the patience. But I quite like, I just go out there and sit out there and blob out. And and, and to me, it's just gaze out to the sea. And it, it is a great experience. So Jesus took what Peter thought was just his hobby And he used it to be an instrument in his hands to reel in his blessing. See, that talent you have, that hobby you've got, your home, maybe God wants to use that to reel in your destiny. I've been praying, maybe God, you do something, but God is is commissioning, saying, come on, I want you to get involved in the process. He says, I'm not going to do it for you. I know how much money is in the fish's mouth. I know which fish it is. But he said, when you go down to the ocean, cast out your line, it will be the first one that takes the hook, reel it in. See, don't pray in the realm of the problem. You pray in the realm of the provision. Say, you know, it's not God, send me the money. It's, Lord, where do I fish? Because everything I need is already there in the fish's mouth. See, there's no question about the fish. Jesus said that the fish was there. You know, your destiny is there. God says, I know the plans I have for you. There's no question about the money. The money is in the fish's mouth. God said, I will supply all of your need according to my riches in glory. The only question is, do you have the courage and the faith to go down and to reel it in? This is the only place in the New Testament where this method of fishing was used. Every other place, they dropped nets and they brought in multitudes of fish. But this was not about bulk. This is not about instant success. It was not about big crowds. It it wasn't about something that was huge, but it was something that was small. You know, the Bible says, don't despise small beginnings. You know, often the things that God wants to do in your life begins in seed form. You know, often we're looking at at the end. We're looking at at, at the goal, what we're trying to achieve, and and we're looking at the end product, but God sends to us a seed and we don't even recognise it. God has set your provision in the fish's mouth. You've been praying for provision. You need to pray where to fish. There is a fish with your provision. See, what are you believing for? You can't drop a net. It's too wide. It's it's just not going to come. Maybe it will come just through something small. You know, one fish, something that you already have, something that you've already got experience in. Maybe it's something that is your hobby at the present time or, or maybe it is just something that uh, you've learned in your background. See, your, your history hasn't been a waste of time. It's been a time of preparation. It's like planting seeds in your life. And, and this is your season now that you're to reach and you're to stretch out into the next dimension. 
Third thing I want to say is that your obedience opens the doors to deeper things. Later on in Peter's life, we read where Peter had been fishing all night and, and he had just caught nothing. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 1, it said, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gethsemane, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and I haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled their boat, both boats so full that they began to sink. See, Simon Peter, he's a successful businessman and uh, he was a fisherman. This was not his hobby. He was in partnership with others in the fishing business. And Jesus asked him, he said, just put your boat out a little from the shore just so that I can use it as a platform to preach from. Just a little was all Jesus was asking. Didn't require too much effort on Simon Peter's part. He had finished with the day with the boat. And then Jesus says, now put out into the deep and let the nets down for a catch. This was a greater request. Jesus is starting to push Peter a little bit. He's starting to prod him a little bit more. Everything inside of Peter, his instincts would have been crying out, no, this is not the right thing to do. I fished all night. I've, I've got nothing. Fish was his business. Uh, he knew that it was a waste of time. He's probably thinking in his mind, what does Jesus know about fishing? Jesus is a carpenter. What do chippies know about fishing? Nothing. And then, but he obeyed Jesus and he got a haul so big that he had to call his partners in to help. What Peter saw as his business, Jesus saw as an opportunity. What began as an okay just for being the shallows and just to use his boat to preach there, uh, it became a challenge from Jesus just to put out into the deep. Peter could have shut the door he could have missed what was a life-changing opportunity for him. He thought his career was to be in the fishing business, but Jesus was calling him to be an apostle in the early church. I've shared before how I had my business and my biggest customer went bankrupt and I lost a lot of money and I had to like close my business and, and I thought like this is like a really bad thing. I thought God had let me down. I'd always paid my tithes and try and be faithful and, 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 and I was disappointed. I thought God had let me down. He wasn't faithful to his promises and what seemed to be though a bad thing in my life was actually a good thing. It redirected my life. We ended up going to Bible college and eventually into ministry. God wasn't calling me to be a businessman. Although he's used that experience in my life, he wasn't calling me to be a businessman. He was calling me to be a pastor. See, maybe your hobby, your recreation is an opportunity for Jesus. Maybe your business is an opportunity for Jesus. God will take what you have and use it if you step out in obedience. And then the last point I want to make is that your destiny will require help from others. I was throwing out my fishing line. I was down the bottom end of Waiheke and I saw um, some uh, fish on moving on the surface. I thought, well, I'll throw out my line and I'll catch a kawai. 
And uh, I threw out my line and, and the moment it hit the water, there was like a splash and a large kingfish got hold of my line and it was a battle there for a while. We, we were in for a fight and, and eventually I got, I got this fish to the side of the boat and, and then I was stuck. Like it was too big to go into the net and it was too heavy for me to try and lift it up and, and, and to pull it out and, and, and I needed some help to, to get the fish in. See, the key to uh, reeling in our destiny is to get other people involved. Your destiny is bigger than you. I have found the key is to get people around me that are smarter than me. People around me that have got skills that I haven't got. See, if you have a big dream, you'll attract those people to the dream and they will come and help you to fulfill the dream that God has given to you. Don't settle for for what is safe. That's what this text is all about. God says, what I have for you is in the deep. Get out of your comfort zone, launch out in the deep. I would have missed so much in my life if I had stayed in the shallows. See, maybe you're washing your nets and you're kind of thinking, you know, I just finished, you know, it's all over for me. But God is calling you into something in the deep. The Bible says when Peter launched out into the deep, he He dropped his nets only because Jesus told him to do so. He was discouraged. He hadn't caught anything. He was a fisherman. He knew the waters. He had been raised around these waters. He was trained in it. He he wouldn't have been washing his his nets if his experience had told him zero. There's nothing there. It's It's an empty night. In order to go out into the deep, he had to fight everything that his experience told him about the situation. He'd been toiling all night, nothing had happened. God, I quit. You know, maybe you're thinking that, I quit. I'm getting a divorce. I'm quitting the job. I'm shutting my business. I'm through with it. It's not working for me. I'm done. I'm washing my nets. Maybe you're about to give on up on something and God is saying, don't give up on it yet. I'm doing a new thing in your life. You think it's over, but it's not over until God says that it's over. You're thinking like Peter's thinking, maybe you're crazy. I've been out there all night. There's nothing out there, Jesus. I've tried everything I can. Nothing's happened. And God is saying, go deeper. I know every fish in the sea. I know the one that has the coin in his mouth. I know where to go to fish for it. Just imagine for a little moment. If Jesus knows every fish, in the Sea of Galilee, then he knows you. He knows, he knew what fish would go to Peter's line. He knew which would be the first one to get there. He knows you, he knows what's in your heart. He knew the directions of the fishes. No scientist knows this. He knew which fish was going to come and, and God knows what's happening in your life. Nothing that happens is by accident. Whatever's come into your life, God's allowed it to happen for a purpose. He knew what was in the fish. He knew that there was money. He knows what's in you. He knows the struggles that you're going through, the problems that you're going through, the difficulties that you had. He knows the dreams and the hopes that you carry in your heart. And he knew the value of a coin, enough to pay their tax. He knows how valuable you are and he loves you and he cares for you. I just want to pray for you. Just before I do that, just look at me for a moment. Maybe... You have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. Maybe you've never asked him to come and to be number one in your life. 
You know, maybe you've been struggling through some things and, and, you know, you've sort of had God there in the background, but you never really put him on the throne of your life. You never really made him number one in your life. I just want to pray for you first. I want to encourage you just to pray with me, follow this prayer and and, uh, make that decision to do that today. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you can come, want to come and you want to work on my life. I thank you that you have died for me and your desire for me is you're a good God and you want to bless me, you want to prosper me, you, you, you want to bring the goodness of God, the love of God into all the things that I do. You have a purpose and a plan for my life. And I ask you that you will come in and you'll just fill my life. You'll sit on the throne of my life. Lord, that you'll help me that to make you number one. I just thank you for that. I ask you for forgiveness for the struggles that I've done on my own. Please come now, Lord Jesus, and fill my life. If you made that prayer this morning, there's just a place for you. Why don't you just touch that on the, uh, on the screen there and just let us know. You know, we'd love to continue to pray for you and encourage you to do that. I just want to pray for everyone now. Just pray a blessing on you. Maybe in a place of indecision, a place where you're thinking, maybe I'm going to throw this in, I'm going to quit on this, I'm going to stop doing this. But God is saying, hey, I've got more for you. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just bless each person watching today. Father, I pray over each family. I pray over each person. Lord, I just pray over every business. Lord, we know some of our business people are really struggling and just not sure what the future holds for them. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will just give them a fresh vision of what you can do through their life if they will step out into the deep with you. Lord, bless them, encourage them, help them through this time, I pray. Bless each family. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.